From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I am Joey Lovato. And we're back. We're back in the studio. We took, uh, we took a break last week, but we, we had an episode for you anyway. That's so right. Don't worry. Yep. So today we're back. We're going to be talking about card games. Card games. And this is, I, I, I think we've struggled with this a little bit, putting it on the podcast, because it's not... Uh, we, uh, we, I mean, the tagline of this podcast is a media mixtape. Now, here's in, in, it all depends on how you define media, sure. right? You can't put cards on a mixtape. No. Right? No. Although this audio is going out, and you could put that on the mixtape. But, like, you know, media is something that conveys meaning, right? Sure. Or it's something through which other things will pass through. And I think of usually something you consume, not something you actively participate in, other than video games, because I feel like that's both a consumption and an participation well we are having a mediated experience right now mediated via the voice yeah right yeah well we did an episode on podcasts yeah so um and i do think that that card games is is it's going to be useful because if i just remember from my past like i have very fond memories of playing card games not only with my family but my well so my immediate family Mm -hmm. my grandparents as well and like those card games have also been sort of a tradition that becomes part of the the familial culture you know yeah well, i think card games have a residual culture in our in in america but i i mean every country has like the games that they play that kind of help shape the way like they grow up absolutely Definitely. And it's a good place. To, it's a good, you know, it's like one of the ways to come together and, you know, yeah. have fun with friends, too. It's, it's, a, so. it's one of the most, like, re, a media that you get to consume, but while you're interacting with people you love. And we should clarify, we're talking about card-based games. We're not specifically talking about, you know, uh, aces, diamonds, hearts, yeah, you know, yeah. like the kind of p- traditional playing cards. Yeah. Right? Well, and so I think one of the things about card games that I was a little apprehensive about, like, I know we've kind of been talking about it on and off for a while, but... I I think I've mentioned on the podcast, I'm just, like, totally obsessed with board games. Like, I love, love, love board games. Um, and I think that, like, I, like, well, I would love to do an episode on it and talk about it. One, no one will know what I'm talking about because it's a very niche market, I think. Yeah, you'd spend a lot of time explaining each game. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I get, I get, I get real geeky. Like, I just bought a game from like the '70s that was made by NASA, and there were only like a couple copies. Made. I think I remember you telling me about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I just started playing it. It's awesome. Um, but anyway, like. You know, I could go down those holes and, and no one really know. I feel like it's card games are much more simple to understand, especially when you start talking about like Magic the Gathering, which has had a huge cultural footprint. Yeah. And now we've got Hearthstone, which is huge. If mm-hmm. you ever listen to bonus content, you'll know that Ben constantly talks about Hearthstone. If you want to listen to that bonus content, you could uh, support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so I think that it's also relevant to talk about not only just like traditional sort of uh, materially based card games, but then their digital iterations. Yeah. So you mentioned Magic the Gathering, which has been an institution for a long time. And so uh, I played Magic the Gathering with friends uh, through high school, et cetera, et cetera. Me Actually, too. I may have started in middle school and then gone into high school. Uh, maybe it wasn't just in high school. Um, but then now uh, they just released Magic the Gathering Arena, which is the online sort of D- digital, digital uh, edition of Magic the Gathering. And it's been wildly successful by all measures, I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People love it. And it's I think it's, I believe it's free to play. It is free to play. Um, I cannot play because I do not currently have a PC. Oh, it's not an <laughs> at Mac? my disposal. Yeah. Or I mean, I have Linux, but it, it's not on <laughs> Linux either. You so. nerd. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where do you want to start? Do you, do you want to start like talking about like what do you what's your earliest memory yeah, of a card game? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Let's, yeah. I mean, so I mean, we were kind of talking about this a little bit ahead of time, and you were like, 
said, you, you don't remember playing Go Fish? And I'm like, well, I'm sure I played Go Fish as a kid, but the earliest <laughs> memories that I actually have of playing with cards is playing poker with my dad. Which, that, you said that, and I was like, really? Like, you didn't play any more, like, childish games, but you were like, I get, maybe, maybe that's a Nevada thing, too. You Like, you grow up playing yeah. poker? Well, I think it's more that my dad, because the gambling has never been, like, a thing in my family. Like, I don't think any of us are, like, I don't know. Like, I've always just thought, game, I've always kind of looked down on gambling a little bit, like, at sure. least. Uh, and from my family's perspective, but my dad, when he was a kid, we, he has a really big family. Um, my grandpa is the youngest of ten children from Mexico. Okay. <laughs> um, so his my dad has like fifty cousins because like all of those kids had like five kids. Um, and so they had these huge family reunions, and every year my dad would go and he'd watch the older guys play poker every year, and he would just like die to play it. Like they would play in um, Bonnie Dune, California. It's kind of outside of Santa Cruz. That's where they live now, but um, that's where the family reunions happen. But so he would like always just want to play poker, and so I think because he had that desire as a ch- child to like just play with the big guys, right? Like so, him and I and my brother played poker. So how old do you think you were when you were starting to play poker? So I'm like horrible at poker. And I don't know how to play it anymore. But when right. I was a kid, I would say maybe I don't know nine. Okay, sure. Eight or nine. Sure. Um. And I remember, like, at first we would just play with the chips. Like, we have, like, a poker set, and, like, we would just play with the chips. But then my dad was like, you need to, like, learn to, like, you can't just go all in. And I'm like, like what, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, this is just poker chips. Like, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. And so he, like, gave me, like, $10 in quarters. And I, like, think I lost all of it to him. And I was like, <laughs> that, that, and he bought me an ice cream or something. But, yeah. So, <laughs> nice. So like, I think that it actually helped me learn a little bit of responsibility and a little bit of, um, you know, understanding when to give and take. That's interesting because um, some of my earlier memories of playing cards are um, like with my grandmother as well, like yeah. playing things like Go Fish. I or, played a lot with my grandparents too. Or Old Maid was another one that you didn't want to get stuck with the Old Maid. I, old Maid is a game I think I've played, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one was uh, King's Corners, which I, I don't know that at all. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't even see. That's the thing. Like I don't even know if I could remember how to play King's Corners. I know how it's set up, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could do it. I'd have to look it up again. But I remember having that, you know, playing those games. But more so, I remember just the the conversation in between, between like oh, me yeah. and my grandmother, mm-hmm. which is like a sort of important bonding moment as well. So it wasn't simply about the game itself, but it was about the conversations that were happening around the game. Yeah. And those memories, you know, stick with me, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, one of our like go-tos is Mexican Train, which is not... I've never heard of that. It's not a card game. It's a dominoes game. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but like every time my family gets together, we play Mexican Train. And it's nice. really fun. It's really simple. Turn your brain off. Just like... So this is like any time... So that's the, the next thing I was going to go to because I was talking about those early memories, but then there are certain games in my family and it sounds like in your family too that we're like if the family gets together we're playing mexican this train. game is being played oh yeah Mex- right? mexican train we're so that's always playing it that's the one yeah do you think do you have any others no i see that's like it. i always like bring games to family gatherings and be like you guys want to play this they're like no so okay. we just want to play mexican train so for us it's um uh we have a tradition at least um specifically among the men in the family mm-hmm. to play cribbage Okay. Right, which is an old, I believe, like pirate game That's where they used to drill holes in a, the the deck deck of the of the ship and then move pegs or whatever. That's funny. Um, yeah. I've so I've always wanted to play cribbage. I've never have. We'll play sometime. I'll teach you how to play. I got cool. a good board. Actually, one of my my good friends gifted a uh, like a custom made board to uh, all oh, of wow. his groomsmen uh, or whatever. Oh. So that was like the one of the the groomsmen's gifts. Cool. So we've uh, cribbage is one, but then the other one is uh, euchre. Euchre in no Wisconsin is, is like a, and that's the thing. It's it's. It's somewhat unique. It's, it I sounds think. like a Wisconsin thing. 
It's it's unique to I think the upper Midwest and in Canada for sure. I, I met some okay. Canadians, but there's some subtle differences in the way that like they keep score and stuff. Yeah, but regional differences. Yeah, euchre is, but it's a team game, so you play with a partner, mm. and so there it's always like you know father son versus uncle or whatever oh, uncles yeah. pair of uncles yeah. or whatever. I mean, we just try and you know um, have. So for example, when I went. Uh, back home for the holidays, there mm-hmm. was euchre and cribbage. Oh, that's that's cute. That's and, fun. And drinking old fashions. Hey, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- those are the games that I think we like. We played as a kid, and then mm-hmm. obviously, I think games have become more common now, and so more games are being made, and so there's a lot of card games being put out. Yeah. So for Christmas, I actually got you like a new game that has just come out, and it that's has right. a really interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Keyforge. That was mm-hmm. my gift to you. Yeah. Um. Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, officially on the record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said thank you. I, I said thanks you. before. But um, do you want to talk about kind of how it works and stuff? Or yeah, l- let's do that. But I just want to, in order to transition a little bit out of that, I think that one of the big things that changed, uh, and Magic was the first one for me. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to talk about now is like collectible card games. Yeah, CCGs. Where it became less about a standardized deck of cards, but like how you could build a deck, and to build the deck, you had to buy cards which can be predatory to an extent it was a good business model if it worked still is a good business model so i remember some of those early collectible card games i mean magic was the big one but then we also played like star wars the collectible card game oh yeah yeah. middle earth had a collectible card game i've heard i there is a there is one an lcg is a living card game Mm. and those are ones where they release new content for them that you have to buy to continue a story that is being told by the cards okay lord of the rings lcg that i've heard is really good there was another one called Vampire or Vampire, I think, which Vampire's I a video game. only played a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, but that was another one that was kind of big at that same time that like Magic was coming out. Okay. So like the mid 90s. Yeah. Magic was kind of it, it took took culture by storm in the 90s, though, I would say. I mean, my cousin showed me Magic back back when I was like you know, 10. Yeah, it became the biggest thing. In fact, that was like on the weekends, you know, because I was so cool. With me and my friends, we would go to like Magic the Gathering uh, clubs. Yeah, you know, but it was it was great. It was like a good, innocent place to go and you know play cards with friends and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll talk a little bit more about Magic. Just get a little bit more, yeah, a little bit a more little in depth. Bit. But the the cool thing about this one, the one that so you Keyforge gave me, is kind of like, I think they're kind of trying to get into the same space. They're trying to kind of be the new thing because Magic is old now. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. They they try and keep it fresh by releasing new cards and stuff, but it, it you know, you can only do so much to a rule set before it kind of compromises the integrity of the game. Um, and so yeah, the uh, Keyforge is it's interesting. I think the first couple times we played it, it was really slow. Yeah, and I think that the thing that we were uh, that's different about Keyforge is because it doesn't it it designs out the need to constantly pursue really expensive individual cards to build a deck. Yes. Right? Yeah, it does. So with Keyforge, every deck you buy is unique mm-hmm. and it's self-contained. Like you can't add to that deck. So yeah, right? every every deck has a name printed on the back. Every mm-hmm. card in that deck has a name printed on the back. And you can't mix decks up. Like you have to just have the deck that you have. And the, the names can be really funny. It'll just be like Snurt the Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, like, I think one of mine is just like... Glarg the Raging Barbarian. Like they're all just like right. these hilarious names. And this, the the price is standardized. It's not like you can buy another tier of decks. No. So like anybody, like beginner or expert, everybody comes to the game 
with the same price and, well, and so similar cards. The tournaments that they do is really interesting too. They have two different kinds of tournaments. One is you you come into the tournament with a deck that you have, and like again, you're not allowed to customize these decks. You just come in. You have to kind of. It's a little genius because you have to get a little lucky. Like sometimes you can buy a deck and it kind of sucks. Like you're just like, nope, this deck's horrible. But then right. maybe you give it to someone else and they're like, this deck's great. I don't know what you're talking about. I love it. It's just kind of the play style and stuff. But so you can come in with your deck. If you win the tournament, they destroy the deck, and it's never allowed to be played in the game again. So like hmm. decks are get like if they're too good, they they removed from tournament play. Interesting. Which I think is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. And the other kind of tournament you play is you you show up and they give you a deck. Just a random deck. And you're like, yeah, good you luck. Buy in. And you, it's kind of so it, it it becomes much more about how you deal with it and like how you play with the cards you're dealt <laughs> and less, you know, like building it beforehand and making the perfect deck. Which is similar because I remember going to like Magic the Gathering tournaments and there were two different uh you know, types of tournaments. You could have constructed, which is like where you built your own deck, or it's draft, right? And mm-hmm. what you do then is you you get like a box of cards or whatever, and you just rotate. You draft one card and rotate, yeah. and then try and build the best deck that you can. Yeah, and so um, yeah, Keyforge is good. It's it, it's interesting. It's slow for us. It seems slow because I I just feel like part of the the learning curve is not only familiarity with the cards that you have in your deck, but trying to decipher the strategy like how to strategize you're around not, those cards in magic you're trying to kill each other like you just have yes. health points in this game you're not you're trying to build a key yeah and i think every time you and me play we're just trying to kill it because you can still kill monsters and so we just try and kill each other's monsters and then we're like we're not getting anywhere <laughs> which raises an interesting point is like because there's this shift um into other types of games that are not battle centric, but I think that mm-hmm. all of the games that I've played have always been like battle focused. Sure. So the the inclination is to just try to battle the other person, mm-hmm. to kill the other person, yeah. instead of like just focusing on building your own resources. Yeah, right? and that's what this game focuses on more, yeah. which I can appreciate. It's a definitely a big shift. So I'm not sure if it's good. <laughs> I'm not it, gonna say it's good. I'm not so sure either because I think the times that we've played, like the first time we played, it was really slow, and I don't. It, we didn't think finish. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think it was because, I mean, there was certainly some time that where I was just like reading each card and trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, I mean, I'd like refer to the rules. But um, yeah, I think it was more that kind of learning the mechanics of the game. But, but also it just seemed like it was moving slow because... Nothing was happening. We weren't advancing towards the final goal. We Exactly. We weren't doing that. And I think the battle focus is like once you start removing cards from the the board or yeah. whatever, the, the, the cards that you play... Um, it becomes harder and harder to build those resources, which I think is part of the strategy. But like when you're just killing each other, the game doesn't really go anywhere yeah. unless you try to build the key, right? Which yeah. is the point of the game. You have to forge the key. Yeah. So right. that's that's key forge. That's something. That's a new. That's a new thing. It's kind of this new contender in the 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 collectible card game market. Yeah. Um, so that's like the newest one. We talked about the old. We talked about the new. Let's talk about the classics. Let's talk about classics and let's talk about some straight up battle. Yeah, dude. Magic, because Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. I I mean I still really enjoy Magic. Um, I just don't play that much anymore. Uh, sure. I think I would play probably the Arena because it's free to play. Yeah. So as we mentioned before, Magic the Gathering Arena is now the digital or online version of Magic, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's doing very well. And mm, it seems it. fun. I mean, it's a cool way to get other people into Magic, especially like in an online space. Yeah. Um, it's like, like my friend that got me into Magic, David. I, I, he comes up on the show quite a bit. He lives in New York now. Um, he was just visiting, actually. It was great to see him. But, like, whenever we get together, we play Magic because he was the one that got me into it. He bought me my first deck when I was, like, a freshman in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we always play. And I only played with him ever for the longest time. Mm-hmm. 
And then... We tried playing once, right? Yeah, and you wrecked me, didn't you? Well, but, you know. It's because I forgot my decks. <laughs> they were my decks. That's yeah, what I mean. So like, I, I knew, knew the decks. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was always fun playing with David because he's from Italy. He's from mm-hmm. Rome. And so all of his cards were in Italian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he got me an English deck. And so whenever we'd play, I'd be like, does that card do that? And I'd look, look at it and I'd be like, this is an Italian. I don't know what it does. And <laughs> You he'd couldn't go, verify. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. verify. And he's just like, yeah, it does that. And I'm like, no way. And he's like, I mean, I'm not... That's interesting because I remember there were like these novelty things that you could buy like back when Magic, like again, like in the kind of late eight, late 90s, mm-hmm. you could buy these like um, these kind of novelty things from Magic and they would come with like a pack each from like a like a German Magic set or like that's, Italian Magic that's set really cool. and stuff. So like I got, I did, I think I still have some of those foreign cards and yeah. it's just like. I don't know what to do with them because yeah, they're I, useless. To I me. mean, if I know what the card is, anyways, I could do it. But they're usually outlawed. Like if you play in a tournament, oh, you yeah. can't play with foreign cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Magic has been around for so long that cards have been like outlawed, and and oh, there, definitely. there was like, yeah, like it's just this, this card's too good, you can't use it anymore. Yeah. And like it, the rules have changed quite a bit, I think, since the beginning. And also, some of the cards are really expensive now. I mean, the Black Lotus is like the kind of the go-to when you're talking about expensive things. It's like the most expensive card in card gaming, right? So the last time I checked, um, by the way, so the Alpha Black Lotus, which was the original set of Magic, was something. it was worth something like $27,000. Yep, yeah. And so I think one of the things that's happened now is like there are in, there are like online marketplaces and like stock indices of like futures and stuff on magic card value mm-hmm. and it's just become this really big investor bubble to a certain degree yeah. um which quite frankly is part of the reason that i decided to sell a lot of my really good cards because number one i needed the money <laughs> no. uh, but number two i just i and you probably you had a lot of cards i have a lot of cards and i'm i'm i'm, I'm honestly tempted to sell the majority of my remaining cards um but i would still like to hold on to some just in case of you know something comes up or whatever but i would be actually really happy to just potentially even just get rid of those cards and then just play the online stuff because i I don't know i just don't have a need for collecting anymore but there there is this interesting thing about magic where like you do like it's the collector in you too right it's not just playing the game but it's also getting the cards well and that's where when i was the deepest into magic and yeah. I was actively spending w- way too much money on magic. Um, I was doing both simultaneously. Like oh, I, yeah. I had my collection and I'd never played with those cards. I had them set aside. I collected like complete sets of cards. Um, and then I had cards that I played with. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I kept them always separate, but now it's just like the, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I think that the playing has still continued, but that, that collecting side is just really, taken over at least some of the some of the older cards for sure yeah right yeah yeah so So, uh maybe we should spin off of magic a little bit yeah sure what do you think yeah well Um, i I mean i think magic is kind of it's interesting because it is such like a it was kind of the first big i want to talk about magic in a cultural sense a little bit because i think it did kind of bring nerd culture into the mainstream a little bit more in terms of cardboard gaming um i mean like you know star wars is kind of the first thing it was like a movie that brings like this nerd culture out into the mainstream people are going to see star wars and everyone's like who are these nerds going to watch space people shoot each other and then you have who are these like nerds sitting in the corner playing this card game with these wizards on it so that's a really good question for you because i would just be curious to know how magic was perceived when you were going through like high school 
or even now. If you I have, have any a perspective story now. from high school. All right. I was at a party. Uh, it was a cool kid party, but I had a few of my friends there. And so you're already sorry. I, just to clarify, you're you're differentiating yourself from the cool. Kids. I was. I existed in a very weird place. I actually did hang out with the cool kids. Okay. Um, I am still friends with the cool kids, I would say. Uh, but I, I was also the bridge between, like, the two super geeks and the cool kids. Like, I also still hang out with, like, all my geeky friends. And I, you know, I, I love both of them equally for different reasons. But I definitely have friends that if I ever brought up Magic the Gathering, they would just glaze over and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But, so I was at this party and, like, me and a couple of my nerdy friends were in the corner, like, playing Magic the Gathering because, like, you know, all the other kids were, like, drinking. <laughs> we were, like, playing Magic the Gathering. We're just going to go play some Magic. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, like, awkward. And this, like, big football player from the team, like, came over and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, uh, nothing. Like, don't, just, like, don't bother us. Like, you know, like, this guy's going to just, like, make fun of us, whatever. Don't, don't pick on us, big guy. Yeah, like, basically. Like, we were just, like, I was ready to just be like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to be a jerk to us. And then he, like, looked at my deck and he's like, green, blue, weak. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I'm like, "This," uh, and then he's like, "He's like, dude, what are you doing?" I was like, "I was just playing magic," and he's like, and then he like, then he like, <laughs> he like launched into this diatribe yeah, against he, like, your deck. He like down talked my deck, and I was like, "Oh my god, this guy's like talking smack about my deck." Here's what I'll say, Joey. He's not wrong. <laughs> Green blue is a weak, weak combination. It is, it is a weak combo, yeah. but yeah, he was just like I was so blown away. And then he played with us, and it was like cool. And you know, nice. I wouldn't say we were ever friends in high school, but like uh-huh. after that, I kind of was like I had some respect for that guy. And I think that that was kind of this moment where I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like these jocks who like are this is like the uber jock. Yeah, and he was just like, you got you playing magic. I do not think, uh, I mean, if I think back, I don't, I think, and, you know, some of our listeners who are familiar with my high school days can can also back this up, but I don't think I know of a single uh, uber jock, as you put it, who yeah. played Magic the Gathering. It was it was a right? very odd moment like, for me. Like, I played sports, right? I would not identify myself as, like, one of the uber jocks because I like to bridge, When you know, we first met, worlds. my first thought was uber jock. Of me? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Uh, so, but there were like um, you're like the most professorial person I know. You're a super professor. I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, a good thing. You're like an yeah. entertaining professor. Entertaining professor. Okay, got it. I got it. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but there were I would say that there were soccer players that played Magic okay. for sure, if I remember correctly, and also people like on the track team, you know. But they weren't like f- you know like football players. The like if fi- I think if I think of Uber Jock, I literally just think of like some really big beefy dude who's like dude all about like, football. This and guy like, was like the like defensive line or whatever. He was yeah. like the biggest, like the one that you have to be like the who what what. Position in football, you have to be like the big guy. Yeah, that would, defensive line would be I one don't of them. Know, anything I... on the line, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Any lineman. We should do an episode on sports. Although I guess I will say that one of our friends, uh, Travis, who also listened to the podcast, he he technically was a lineman, but oh, he yeah. he did not exhibit the qualities of an uber jock all the time. I don't want to. Sorry, I just kicked something. Oh, did you think somebody knocked? I thought someone knocked. <laughs> ben just kicked the desk. That's what makes for good audio yeah. here on Residual <laughs> Culture. Uh, but anyway, so. It's interesting to me because magic still very much was this refuge of like serious like serious nerds. Yeah. 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 Even when we went sometimes we were kind of uncomfortable by the levels of nerddom at yeah. those magic tournaments. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like man, just You know what it is? Like shower. Yeah, like, like lots of it, yeah. It, it baffled me. I'm like cuz I I'd been to a few like games workshops where, just where a they, lack of personal hygiene. 
I was like, yo, like, it's not hard. Yeah. I guess we kind of seemed like cool kids because we, you know, oh, bathed ourselves. I was the coolest <laughs> nerd. I was the king of the nerds because I also hung out with the cool kids. I was so awesome in high school. <laughs> man, you know what? You know, it was really funny. So it was a really cold. So today is kind of cold and snowy as yeah, well. And it r- reminds me of uh, playing in this tournament one time in high school. Uh, and there was, uh, I play, I actually was doing well in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it, but my friend Dave, a listener of the podcast, supporter of the podcast as hey, well, Dave. he pointed out to me later, he's like, oh, you realize that that guy cheated against you, right? Whoa. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, when you cut your deck at the beginning to find out who goes first, he had this card that was on the bottom. It was an icy manipulator. And he drew it later. And that was the difference in the game. And he's oh, like, wow. he drew he drew from the bottom of his deck. And so I remember traveling back to the tournament to like tell on the guy. And he's like, I wish you would have said something earlier because like he's already like advanced now. But like- you know, if it's just your word against his, like we, we haven't really nobody oh, else man. to prove anything. So, oh man, yeah. That's wild. Sore, sore subject. Yeah. You know, the nerds just taking me down with a bottom draw. Dude, you can't, you can't let a bottom draw take you I down. I couldn't believe it. And I still remember this guy's name too, oh, by gosh. the way. So Zach, if you're out there. <laughs> Zach. D- Dave knows. Dave was the one that pointed it out <laughs> to me. Funny. And I'm like, I didn't even realize it. So yeah, no, I mean like, I, I think that's the thing. Like it, what other card game has tournaments? Actually, Kirby has tournaments. Lots of card game tournaments. But I think think. that was kind of the first thing where like nerds get together to like compete against each other in like the nerdiest thing possible. Well, and and outside of just like local tournaments because they became like national tournaments. And uh, there was a guy that went to our local guild, which we called it. Yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is turning into a deep dive. (laughs) But um, he he was like featured in Nintendo Power Magazine. Oh my god! For being like this really good magic player. That's amazing. Um, yeah, uh, Jason, I think. Uh, Jason. Uh, I'm kind of forgetting his name. Doesn't really matter. Anyways, the point is, magic major cultural institution still goes now. One of my friends, mm-hmm. um, and he was on my other podcast, Niche. Uh, he is a professional. I don't know if he's still doing it or not. I should ask him. Edwin. Edwin yep. Cook. Uh, he goes by Hot Mouth. Um, okay. Uh, as a, as a Hearthstone player, and he was a professional Hearthstone player. Like he he like won a lot of money. Nice <laughs> playing Hearthstone. Yeah, and so Hearthstone is kind of the next iteration of this, and this is something that you are really into now. So Hearthstone is kind of I would say the natural evolution of where Magic went. Yeah, and I would say that the thing that's cool about Hearthstone is that it designed out. Like it, it simplified the gameplay a little bit, mm-hmm. which is really nice, and it and it it lends itself to quicker games. Yep. Number one, um, yeah, and it also des- it designed out um, the this could just be maybe nobody knows what I'm talking about, but it designed out the mana scarcity problem in Magic, sure. which is like every turn somebody you just get one extra resource to spend, and it just goes back and forth. So like I start with one, then you get one. And there's actually a coin. Then you get two and I get two. Two, yeah, exactly. Um, So it just builds over time. But then it maxes out at 10. So you can never have more than 10 um, in in a given turn without other help from certain cards. The only thing that is different about Hearthstone, because this is purely online, is that Hearthstone relies also on a random number generator for certain cards that do random things. Like, so say, you know, deal three damage to random targets or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only place where once you kind of understand the schematics, like the design of the game, 
like you can kind of get screwed over by the RNG gods, you know, yeah. the random num- number generator gods. And you're like, all right, that just worked out for that guy. And RNG Jesus. Yeah, RNG Jesus. That's, that's right? another one I've heard. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I still like it because it's really quick. And um, you'll you'll text me sometimes and be like, hey, you want to play some Hearthstone? Well, because and you, I don't for I I don't hate Hearthstone, but like it's just not not for me. I don't think there's something about it. The thing that is also nice about it is that every day they have these opportunities to earn free like free coins, cards. basically, or free cards, which is like watch a friend play or yeah. challenge so a friend. You'll, you'll so I'm like, hey, me. man, can you just like earn me this can free you, pack yeah, right can now? Can you play a game that I can watch you lose real quick? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I did beat a guy one time and you were like messaging me the entire time. You're like, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> but yeah. So Hearthstone is, 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 is a video game. Yep. So- so we go Magic the Gathering to Hearthstone, mm-hmm. and Hearthstone has been—it's been super popular, and I think recently it's kind of losing a little bit of steam. Seems like it. But you've been really into it recently. I yep. mean, like I'll, sometimes we'll like hang out outside the podcast and you'll start showing me charts. Well, because here's the other thing <laughs> like that people like make like charts online of like the most effective, efficient ways to like build a deck and play the deck. So here's here's what I'll say about Hearthstone, which is which is what's most appealing is that it's. You're always playing against another person, right? Yeah. Or I guess you can. Well, fine. I'm not going to. We don't have to do the full details. But the cool thing is um, there's this ranking system, right? And as you play other players, you begin to rank up. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of always. So you kind of know where you stand. And then you like you end up in like, ah, I'm like a rank 17 player. Like if I go up to rank 16, I'll get beat. If I go down to rank 18, I'll beat everybody yeah but i'm better than that yeah oh ben is like top five <laughs> percent so, so no it's even less than that now oh my god but here's ben. the thing here's the thing um because you know that like so it starts off at 25 now they introduced a bunch of new ranks i'm not going to get into that right now but yeah. like you start let's just say at 25 for simplicity's sake and then you work your way down like 24 23 22 and once you reach a certain threshold like for every five like you reach rank 20 if you lose a game, you don't go down below 20, right? So you've, you've reached yeah, that tier. You, you've reached that threshold. Until the next month, which then it resets, but fine. Um, resets, you go down four levels. Also, it's genius that every month they reset because it just, it's like a, it's incentive like it forces you to come back forces and keep to come playing. Back. Exactly. Yeah. So this month I'm behind because I, I haven't been playing a lot. Oh, come on, Ben. But anyways, you rank up, but then if you know, you know that if you reach like level 15, you're better than like 75% of all Hearthstone players. Yeah. So I, that was like my first goal, right? And then I kept going and I wanted to like keep going. And then let's just say this. I got to rank five, which means you're in the top like 2.5% of all players, <laughs> yep. right? But the thing that happens at level five is um, you you have to win individual games to get to down to one. And it's if you not get, like an average. Well, what happens is like if you win three the, your third game in a row, you actually get granted like double or three three times the credit you get like two extra stars if you win three games in a row basically like it's like you win four games yeah (laughs) and so then it's really easy to rank up but then once you reach level five you really have to grind to get to legend rank well and like the people you're playing against are also like they're really good yeah right and the decks are really good and that's where the the kind of random number generator can really screw you over you're like okay this guy drew this like on turn one like that just doesn't you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work yeah well, I think that's my problem with the game. Like, I, there's strategy to an extent, but at a certain point, like, I can't be strategic. I just have to be lucky. Yeah. And yeah. I like I like being strategic in my game. Which is why when they have Hearthstone tournaments, you do multiple decks. Like, you choose decks, and you can, like, veto other decks. Yeah. And you just go with the best out of 
you know, you choose the decks you play with, but you choose from a pool of like, you design like five or six decks and then you just play the person the best of, you know, three if, which, with each deck or whatever. Yeah. So it tries to, you, they try to average it out. So games that I like a little bit more than Hearthstone are deck building games. Okay. So instead of coming to the game with a deck, as you progress through the game, you get new cards to add to your deck. And so you're, the part of the game is like actually building the deck. And like you start with crappy cards, mm-hmm. and part of the game is trying to get rid of those cards as you progress through the game because like you don't want them to keep coming up when you draw. Like sure. as you, when you draw those cards, you're like, oh, this card's bad. I don't want to keep having to draw this card. Um, and I think that this lends itself a lot more digital stuff than physical things, although there are physical Definitely. deck building games for mm-hmm. sure. They're really good. Um, one of them I can think of is Star Realms. Star Realms is a very, very fun, cheap uh, deck building game. So if you want to get into deck building games, if that sounds interesting to you, I would check out Star Realms on on uh, like Amazon. It's like ten bucks, twenty bucks maybe for like if you want like every card. But so Slay the Spire. I have been playing this game so much. I've been telling You've Ben been to telling play. You've been telling me. Yeah, he's you really need been telling me to, to play. play it. It's so fun, and it is. It's a deck building game. Every time you're in a combat, at the end of the combat, you get one new card to add to your deck. Mm-hmm. And so you're just slowly building it up and building it up and building it up. And it's really, it's a tough game. It's not easy. But at the end of the game, you either like lose the game or you beat the, like, the last boss. And uh, then it resets and you just do it again. And so like there's three different characters and each character has a specific set of cards that they're allowed to use. So there's like three different types of decks. And so you're kind of, it's always fresh. There's so many different cards. You're always trying to build it. You're always trying to find like, Maybe I just shouldn't take a card this turn because like it's just not worth it. Like I don't want to take an I don't want to add a new card to my deck because it's not good. And oh, so, so you have the option not to take the card. Yeah, and so oh. it really creates a lot of really really conflicting feelings and you have to really kind of fight your natural inclination to just like build a bigger deck. Inclination. In- inclination, sorry, yeah, inclination. Gotcha. Did I say intonation? I shouldn't edit on air. That's not fun, but <laughs> It's okay. But yeah. So, um I like deck building games because it's a little bit more immediate and like it's not Well, there is like RNG, right? There is yeah. like a little bit of luck, just like what card am I going to get at the end of this? Like it's still my choice. Well, and that's where I think that's it, also, it also gives you three cards to choose from. That's also kind of baked in, not the three card thing, but it's also kind of baked into Hearthstone, which is like if you want to get this particular card, you have to earn the coins or the dust to craft that card, which mm-hmm. is uh, another thing. <laughs> but anyways, we don't have to keep doing that. But yeah, um, yeah. Let's just see. Any anything else you want to talk about for card games? I think there was another one. Like, oh, there was the mind, right? Which we. So yeah, play- this is like not really like a. It's not, it's a card it's, based game. Yeah, but yeah. it's definitely a game. It's a different one because I took this home. You you lent this to me, and yeah. I took it home to Wisconsin over the break, and we played. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic. It's good. Um, it, it's weird. You're not allowed to talk. That's the interesting thing about it. It's a cooperative game, but you're not allowed to talk to other people. And it's really simple, actually. It's just a deck of cards that's, that are numbered wow. 1 through 100. Mm-hmm. And you start, and you, you have to pass a certain level. So you can play with, like, two to four players or whatever. And if you play with two players, each person on round one gets one card. And then without saying anything, you have to try to communicate with the other person uh, to, well, we have to play the cards in sequential order. In, yeah. So it has to be like if lowest my card has to first. be yeah my cor- my card has to be the lowest one mm-hmm. right, and so then on round two if you get it you you each get two cards and then you each get three cards and so on all the way up to like level twelve, and then if you beat level twelve you beat the game yeah. and I've never beaten the game. You no, know, it's super hard, but like yeah, and and there's not really like you're not allowed to like hand gesture. The only thing you just kind of look at each other, and you just kind of have to feel it out. And I think the person you play with you have to know really well. 
And I think you have to just get comfortable with them. And it, it creates this interesting dynamic. It does. Yeah. And so it does. The mind is really weird. And I don't – it's also – even when I was reading the instructions, they said don't read this other part if this is your first time playing. Just kind of allow it to happen. But there is something that you – begin to uncover, I'll just say, yeah. as the as you play the game more often. So, for example, I was playing with my wife, Roberta, and uh, we sucked right away. But then we played it more, and we're like, we got better at it because you start to develop this rapport this with rapport, people. This rapport, exactly. And then there's a kind of strategy that comes into it, which is the kind of, that's the thing, right? That's the magic of the game. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting. So yeah, card card games are uh, they're a good good time passer. The only other ones that I just wanted to bring up really quick were uh, were uh, Yu Gi Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, and Pokemon. We Pokemon. didn't talk about Pokemon. Yu Gi Oh yeah. and Pokemon. Pokemon. Like the kids still play Pokemon. They're still collecting Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon, I think, is a bigger video game than it is card game. Probably. I think it's just a huge franchise. It is. It's a big <laughs> franchise. But like, yeah, it like both Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon were big when I was a kid. They've both fallen by the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. The 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 uh, the the Pokemon video games are still, I think, incredibly popular when they come sure. out. But the the card games, I think, have both fallen by the wayside. And I think that it's just they were kind of this like like corporate suits, I think, trying to kind of cash grab on the on the collectible card game collectible thing. card game a little bit. Because like, hey, we've got this property. Let's make it a card game. And, so my son was collecting Pokemon cards, and I just said, if you're going to collect these things, we're going to sit down and learn how to play this game. Yeah, and I'll just tell you this. It's not a good game. Yeah, I've heard it's bad. It's not. It's like the Pokemon game is not good. <laughs> sorry, Pokemon. Sorry, but sorry, not, Pokemon. Yeah, it's not good. But yeah, so I think that like those are like an interesting kind of like a lot of people grew up like watching Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and mm-hmm. like it was fun to watch. Yu-Gi-Oh was really interesting because it was literally like a show about like a card game. I have never seen Yu-Gi-Oh. It's really cheesy. Yeah, I mean I'm familiar with it, but I've just never. It's. I've never had a reason to watch it. There's like a really funny like the logic and like the end of it is hilarious. Where like the guy he's like playing against, he's like every time you play a wrong card, this buzz saw is gonna get closer to your head. And then he's like, then like his friends are like, Yugi, don't do it. Like, why would you play this guy? Like, he's just gonna kill you. And he's like, for honor. And he's like mm. risking his life for the mm. honor of the deck or whatever. It was so goofy and stupid. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you want to watch like a really cheesy show, also I love that show because uh, his best friend was named Joey. That's the reason that you love it. Well, like when I was like eight, You're I was like, like oh, "Hey, hey I can, I, I've me. never seen anyone on TV with that name." Other than, and I didn't watch Friends as a kid, so okay, sure. I was like, "Hey, that's my name." I didn't know anyone else with that name at that time, so it was exciting. Nice. Joey loves pizza. I and I love pizza, so that sounds like you connected very well to that, that character. Was, uh, yes, he was. In, he was very. Yeah, other nice. than that, I don't remember him at all. But. Yeah. Well, card games, right? Yeah. Tell us your favorite card game. Um, you know, did you play Magic as a kid? Definitely. What 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 do you think is kind of an? I I think that Magic is probably the most important card game in terms of like the the nerdy verse that card games exist in. Uh, it's It's an institution. Magic is it still really? an institution, and don't call it a comeback because it's been here for years. To quote LL Cool J. Yeah, and because check out check out our Magic Arena. Arena. And if anybody wants to play me in Hearthstone, just let me know. Yeah, just connect just... with me, and I will I will gladly. Ben will beat play. you in Hearthstone. Yeah, that was the thing too. Like we'd always ask if I wanted to play, and then I'd be like, Yeah, sure. And then I would play you, and you just destroy me. And I'm like, I'm not having fun. Well. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Actually, good. I'm going to throw this out there. that uh, So I know that some people listening to this podcast did play Magic the Gathering with me in high school, and you guys should play Hearthstone, and we should connect. That's all I'll say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, if you uh, if you want to connect with us on social media or if you want to email us, you can email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can also like and follow us, please, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Are we still on Twitter? We have a Twitter. Yeah, it's not very active. We don't use but it very much, anyways. but we do have a Twitter. But we should also mention that the Facebook group is always the most active. Yeah. Um, we post some pictures on Instagram. Yeah. And our song today, as always, is P- uh, Finder by People With Bodies. You can also support us on Patreon. I think we mentioned it earlier, but just uh, if you if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon where you will get uh, a- access to bonus content if you support us. Bonus content is usually just me and Ben kind of talking about the uh, the news of the day and kind of what we're doing. <laughs> Hearthstone comes up a whole lot. Yeah, and some heart in there. There's some heart sometimes, yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. Get into it. Optimist.